Welcome to the Hey Soul Sister podcast, where Mel Histon will guide you through life's big questions and bring you one step closer to doing this crazy journey as best you can. Hey Soul Sisters, I'm very excited today because I have the fabulous Timberlina in this studio with me today. Hey Timberlina. Hey everyone. Now, if you don't know who Timberlina is, I actually don't know where you've been. Timberlina is an amazing human being, drag queen, small town country boy turned fabulous drag queen and icon uh, in uh, our Newcastle community and beyond. How are you going? Yeah, really, really good. Happy, so happy, so, so happy to be here today. So I was standing outside the podcast station this morning and I looked up the street and this beautiful ray of light was walking down the street in a fabulous pink... What is that? It's like Sikulame, sparkly yeah. dress, beautiful hair and makeup. And I was like, just the most beautiful, uplifting ray of sunshine for nine o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and that was fabulous, Timbalina. <laughs> Thank you. So just even you walking down the street, being in, in our presence is uplifting. Oh, I love it. It's like... I mean, it just makes my morning as well because I got to be up really early to see pretty much the sunrise and then, I mean, full drag now. Full (laughs) drag. Now, I first met you 11 years ago. So you would have been what? How old were you 11 years ago? Would have been 17. 17. Mm. So, and that was as Tim, you were working at the event that I was doing the photography for called Frock On. So that was uh, a fundraising fashion event for Aspect featuring the fashion designs of TAFE students. And so I was one of the photographers there and I set up a studio out the back and I remember seeing you, you were this young, fabulous man, and I remember watching you and was so impressed because you were just running, running, running the whole time, working your butt off. And I remember looking at you and thinking, you really want to get into events and you're going places. Oh. And then I was probably maybe four or four years ago, I was at an event and you came and performed as Timbalina drag queen Timberlina and I'm like oh my goodness that's that's Tim from all these years ago yeah wow tell us about that transformation I mean I worked in events after that I think it was for well it's coming up to 10 years um now and I have been in and out of hospitality for those 10 years. That's right, because I remember I saw you, I met uh, met you again at 48 Watt Street when I was looking to hold an event that's right you're working there yeah yeah so I've been all over the country, up in the Whit Sundays, down to Sydney, running events, um, mainly weddings. And then I became a celebrant um, and I was overseas visiting my sister. And then we went to this drag bar in New Orleans and I was just like, oh, this is really fun. Got pulled up on stage, landed in the splits three times and people started <laughs> tipping me. And I was like, I'm not a performer. But then I was like, maybe I could do this. Yeah. Um, and my parents had just moved back out west and I was out there one weekend and then... Next minute. Oh, that's I, hilarious. I'm like just emailing bars in Newcastle being like, I want to do drag bingo. I've never done drag before. Wow. <laughs> and then a month later I was in drag. So did you have to learn about makeup and hair and that sort of thing? Yeah. So I had a makeup artist for the first six months of my career. Yeah. And then I was just doing basic hair then just throwing a wig on, teasing a little bit. And then... The makeup artist was like, I can't come touring with you because I started going out west. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to have to learn makeup. So then we did like three makeup lessons. I was terrible at makeup. <laughs> terrible. <laughs> I probably still am to half the people out there. And then now I 
I pay people to style my wigs, obviously, because wigs are so hard. Um, oh, I can imagine. And then I do all my own face and then, yeah. Yep. How long does it take you to put a face on? An hour and a half and then full, completely ready, two hours. Wow. Can I just say then I'm very grateful that you went to the effort <laughs> early this morning to put a face on to come in and record a podcast. I no, love honestly, it. No I love worries. it. That's <laughs> being the character. Oh, I think it's fabulous. So tell me about your very first performance on stage as Timberlina. Okay, so it was at Central Bar, which is now Babylon. Oh, I love um, Central so just Bar. Just up the road from us. I had no idea what was going to happen. I planned this whole show and it was like three games of bingo, three performances, and I had 90 people turn up. Yeah. So this is a big crowd for me for my first time. Yeah. You know what? I go to a lot of different events and to get 90 people for your first crowd is awesome. Yeah. So I was like over the moon, but so nervous. I also had another drag performer, Jojo Zaho, with me and we just did it. Yeah, it's all a blur. Like once you start <laughs> performing, I feel like everything's just a blur, and it just happens. Then yep. it was the end of the night. Were you nervous? So nervous. Yep. I still get nervous. Yeah. I think that's part of performance. If you don't get nervous, then yeah, like, yeah. Somebody said that to me recently because I was like, oh, do you know what? I've run a lot of events now, fundraising events for the Sister Code community, and got you back, sister. And I still get that hit of adrenaline or if I have to speak at an event, I still get that hit of adrenaline and get quite nervous. And a friend said to me, do you know what? If you weren't nervous, I'd be worried. Yeah. That's what people say all the time. And like, it doesn't have to be like full blown nerves. Yeah. Just be like a little thing. You're like, oh, is that music right? Have I got that lyric down? That's all the stuff that you just worry about. Yeah. Yeah. Support a sister and leave us a review whenever you listen to the podcast. Okay. So what does it take to prepare for a performance? And I go, as a woman, if I'm going out for a big night out, it's nothing better than getting your makeup done or even doing your own makeup, but taking real care and doing your hair and feeling beautiful, feeling amazing. But I always go, there's a lot of work underneath that you guys can't see. All you see is, you know, the makeup and hair. It's like if you go to a ball or an, or an event, it's like under here, I'm seriously got Spanx holding me in. Um, yep. You know what I mean? It, it's, all, it's all smoke and mirrors. What does it take for you to prepare? Yeah, so, I mean, to prepare for a show, depending on the yep. show. Um, so, like, for say, for example, for a bingo show, I need to make sure that, like, I've got all my bingo cards, the dabbers, the markers, yep. my bingo sets, all ready to go in the car. Yep. And then... I need to make sure that I have the right costume to go with the right music. Because you change multiple times during an event. Yeah, and I can do wig changes, so I need to make sure that it's all planned. Yeah. I mean, hair changes. (laughs) (laughs) It's all real. Hair changes, I love it. (laughs) And then, for me, it takes two hours to fully get ready. So, for that process, it's like I have to shave Mm. every day that I have a show on. Of course, yeah. Because, like, I've still got the male hormones going through my body. And then... Like, it's just all the under, like, priming and moisturizer. Because, like, I'm wearing stage makeup. I'm wearing five different shades of foundation right now. Yeah, I can see you've blended very well. (laughs) (laughs) And then um, the eyes take probably the longest time. I have to block my eyebrows and draw on new eyebrows. And then for costumes, I mean, I'm wearing three pairs of Spanx right now. I'm only wearing one pair of stockings because I'm wearing a long dress. But I can wear up to six pairs of stockings, hip pads. Yep. I have multiple pairs of Spanx in different sizes, depending on what dress I need to wear. Like if I'm going out to a a nighttime event or a ball or something like that. And yeah, literally have the Spanx that are two sizes too small for me because with a particular dress, I need to suck it in so bad. (laughs) 
<laughs> I know that feeling. <laughs> I think I have three different sizes on now, actually. Yeah. So. Yeah. Girls, we can all relate to that. The Spanx. <laughs> yeah. But most of us can anyway. Do you find them painful? I find them painful sometimes. I mean, every time I get out of drag, they've either rolled down. So I have like this yeah. increase around like an indent, sorry, around my stomach. Yeah. And that's painful sometimes. Yeah. Do you know what I love? You have an insight into the world of women. I always bring it up at shows. I'm like, men, if you dress as a woman for one day, you'll understand the pain. The underwire <laughs> of a bra dean to your underarm. Yeah. Till someone feels that pain. Yeah. I have no idea. Absolutely. Oh, you know what's bad? When the underwire comes out oh. of the bra and you look down, you're like, holy shit, there's a bit of wire that's like <laughs> hanging out the top of your um, clavage. Yeah. Yeah. That's happened lots. And then I try, especially during performance, if I'm dancing, you have to like try and sneakily remove it. So yeah. It just doesn't sit there. Yeah. Yeah. So you've created a mass following now. And I love that you have been out in the community. Um, you've been involved in Newcastle Pride. Yep. And created the Blush shows. Tell us a little bit about Blush. Yeah. So Blush um, started with when I used to have Curtis, he used to help me with all my shows. And the G had just closed, which was the gay nightclub here. Yeah. And there was nothing for our community. And I was just yeah. like, well, we need to start doing something. And we're like, let's just do like baby drag nights. So baby drag queens are like ones that have rarely performed. Yeah. And so the next minute we started this blush show at Central. Yeah. Um, we we're expecting like, I think we we're expecting 30 people to break even. Wow. The first show we had 400 people turn up. Oh, wow. It was Full on. the We ran out of vodka, cider, and something else that night. So it was like a massive show. Yep. And that's when I knew that I needed, the yep. community needed this, and I needed to keep providing it. Yep. Um, the show just kept getting bigger, and we added production value. And then from there, I've taken it around the country. Yeah. I've been to Adelaide, Melbourne. I was meant to go to Brisbane this year. Sydney and Newcastle, we've moved to a few different venues. So we've been to 48 Watt Street, we've been to The Exchange, and now at our biggest venue at the Cambridge. So it just oh keeps growing. Goodness. So that young fella, 17-year-old, that I first met out the back of the Frocon event. Wow, and you've created like a national event. Yeah. Oh, my I goodness. I'm, I actually feel so proud of you. <laughs> oh, thank you. I mean, I like yeah. every time, I mean, as you would know, doing events, you have this concept and then yeah. seeing it come to life. And then at the end of every event, you're like, wow. During this pandemic, I've created online where we've collabed with Canadian queens. Yes. So we did a full a virtual show and we cut through to Canadian queens and Australian queens all from their lounge rooms. So yeah. you just keep bring it because the community needs it. Absolutely. And I love that about you because I'm the, I am I believe in community. It's been one of the things as I've gotten older, I've really begun to understand how important it is for community, for people to feel connected, for people to come together and support each other in whatever that is. And I know for myself, it's through um, Sister Code events that I hold, which is about celebrating women or the Got You Back Sister Charity. But it's really important for us to, to continue to support people in the community and create our own sense of community for others so they feel connected. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. And when I use the word community, it's not just like the LGBTI community. It's yeah. everybody. Let's get soulful on social media. Search the Sister Code Facebook page and follow us on Instagram.
Yes, which leads me into, so you're doing the drag bingo. You've created these awesome blush events which have gone national. You've had to pivot online to the COVID. You've have also done hosted trips to regional areas to run events in regional areas. And then you also do readings for children at the local libraries. How did that come about? So obviously I have that name, I guess, in Newcastle and Newcastle Pride 2019. So last year, the library hit me up and I'm like, would you be interested in doing a rainbow story time? And I was like, yeah. Yeah. And then they did one session. I think it was on like a Thursday morning. Yeah. I think we got like 50 kids there. Yeah. And that's a lot for a reading. Yeah. I couldn't really move. And then they were like, we loved it so much that we want to do a six month program with yeah. it. So it was meant to finish up in June and then the pandemic hit. So now I've been going to the library and recording all my sessions and mm. we've they got so big at one stage we had 250 kids wow. and adults in the one room. So we had to take over the whole Newcastle City Library. And if you've been to the Newcastle City yeah. Library, it's huge. Yeah. So they had to roll away all the books and we sat in the main library and it was just packed and people were just like kept coming in and kept coming in. It oh my was goodness. it made me so happy that People are wanting something like that. And it's a little bit of entertainment. And kids, mm. like the kids are the funniest because they don't have filters. Yeah. <laughs> um, I remember one kid was like, I was talking about this book that was a boy dressed up in a dress. And he was like, that's you. Oh, <laughs> I, was I like, love it. It was so good. And oh, they're just so wonderful. And yeah. it just shows that like um, you teach hate. Yes. Um, yeah, and so for the tolerance and teaching kids, it's okay for them to be themselves. Yeah, that's the biggest gift. Yeah, and I love that, and I will do that to the day I die. My son is nineteen now, but when he was a little fella, he used to love sparkly things, and he used to love the nail polish, and he loved the sparkly rings. He loved sparkly coins, anything sparkly. He would love, and he, you know, just didn't understand that in this world that some people can really frown upon that. They're very much like, no, that's bad. Um, Girls wear that, boys don't. Yeah. So I love, and he, okay, he always loved to dress up. Um, But over the years going to school, that kind of totally gets um, knocked out of them. Yeah. Really. So I love that by you being you and you're, redoing readings with 250 kids in a library and they are asking you questions and seeing that it's okay if if that's what you feel that's what you want to wear and that's how you want to do your makeup and you want to perform you totally can yeah and that's a good way I guess for me to be like because people are like you're a boy and I'm like well right now I'm actually a girl and I go by the pronouns she her yeah but if I'm out of this I go by the pronouns he him Yep. Um, so. And I love you said that because we were talking before we started recording and I was a little bit like, oh, I hope I don't stuff this up. But I hope <laughs> I don't say the wrong thing because I don't want to offend anyone. So I love that you, um, you know, sorted that out for me. <laughs> yeah. No worries. And I mean, if you like people have questions all the time and if yeah. they do, I'm happy to answer those kind of things. It's yeah. really hard when it comes to pronouns and stuff. Yeah. If you get stuck, just say them they yeah and I think most people genuinely um want to make sure that they say the right thing and that they're not Mm. offending anyone yeah but sometimes you just don't know exactly yeah so you're doing all these fabulous things building a wonderful business also doing great work in the community supporting community events educating children having fun with um reading to kids and and on the road with your shows nationally I just think that's awesome but 
you know, Australia is renowned for the tall poppy syndrome. Have you come across any of the naysayers or critics that have given you a hard time? I mean, in the community, like everyone's loving and it is a cutthroat industry um, that I work in. So it's competitive, is it? It's very competitive. It is so competitive. But you know... As much as it's competitive, we all work together at the end of the day. Yeah. The only bad thing that I've had is I have trolls online that try and bring me down. But at the end of the day, if you don't show them anything, they're going to go away. Yeah. Don't respond. Don't respond. Yeah. Block them, delete them. I feel like that's the best way because they get over not getting responded to. They want that fight. And I don't have the energy for that. I'm too busy trying to build community and produce shows. So. Yeah. Yeah. So... Being a, um, a drag queen and we were talking earlier about um, hair and makeup and spanks and looking <laughs> fabulous, have you had anyone actually criticise you around fashion? No. That's I great. I don't think so. <laughs> because women can be totally like, look what she's wearing. Like, <laughs> no, I don't, just to be honest, everyone's like, oh, I love that. Where'd you get it from? Like I did a virtual show the other day and – Someone stopped, like, at the end of my performance. They're like, before we get on to the serious stuff, where'd you get your dress from? Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, I'm not actually sure. Because I get a lot of it custom made. So. Yeah. Yeah. And where did you learn to dance? Oh, so I've been dancing from, like, a young age. Um, and then when we moved to the Newcastle, I kind of stopped. I did, like, a couple of years of dance. Yeah. And then everyone's like, how did you learn to do the splits? This is where everyone wants yeah. to know. Yeah. Um, I push myself from when I started doing drag every show. I just try to get lower and lower and lower. And then now I can do a cartwheel into the splits. So yeah, I've seen that. It's amazing. (laughs) So that's, I mean, if you want to do something, you just put your mind to it and you do it. That's how I see it. Yeah. When you have had the naysayers or critics, how has that made you feel? Has it hurt your feelings? Yes. I mean, it brings you down and you, you try and think of, what am I doing wrong? Why are they saying this? Why are they doing this? Are they criticising your performance? Performances, what I'm doing. And I'm just like, well, this is me. I'm not going to change. I'm obviously doing something right because my brand is quite big at the moment. Yeah. Um, And I just keep doing me because if I keep doing me, then they can't keep criticising that because I'm I'm not going to change the way that I'm doing me because I think I'm doing it perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. Good on you. At the end of the day, you have to come back to yourself. Yeah. And believing in who you are and, and what you're doing. And one of the things, again, I've learned is when you have a, a reason and a purpose that's bigger than yourself, that's actually about also supporting other people, I think that there's that energetically that lifts you to do more and do good and grow bigger. Oh, 100%. And yep. I think that's what it makes me do is just like, okay, yep. well, if that's what you are going to say... I'm going to do this to make it 10 times better and bigger because you're going to bring me down. Yep. And that's the same with drag story time. People try to bring that down and say it wasn't for kids and that was never going to happen. And now I've spread my wings. I've gone out to Cessnock and all of those areas and do it. So Beautiful. And I bet the parents love it as well. Yeah. I mean, because a lot of parents can't come to my shows because they've got kids. So yeah. this is a way of them seeing me. <laughs> do you do a dance number for the kids? Yeah. Oh, you do? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, how I end every story time is we do musical statues. Yeah. And I get dancing. And then they usually, yeah. when I'm not doing virtual ones, I do an opening number for yeah. the kids and they love it. Do they get up and dance with yeah. you? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I can imagine Oh, all those little kids having a ball. Yeah. And it's half the parents are dancing as well. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's party time at the library. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Want to fill your soul with more? Go to thesisterco.com.
Okay, so now you're a booked out performer. We were just saying before we started recording that before the COVID crisis, you have been so busy. You've been doing your tours, uh, booked out shows. You're an in-demand performer. You've created an, an amazing business and community. What were your first thoughts when the COVID-19 regulations began and you could no longer go out and perform. <laughs> it hit really hard. Like it all happened in, I think it was 72 hours that the entertainment industry came crashing down. Um, I remember I was playing it by ear with um, a local venue here in Newcastle because I was meant to do it. It was a Thursday and I, we had to cancel that gig because they, the regulation came in that you could only have, I think it was one person every four square metres. Yes. Not liable in a venue. Um, yeah. So... That got shut down and then I was like, well, this is my business gone. I can't do anything. I was literally about to pack up my whole house here in Newcastle and give up everything to move back home to the country to live wow. with my parents because there was no way that I could make a living here. So you're in a total spin here. Yeah. Yeah. That's like um, on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, I had Nerida Bint and Nadine Brito and they were talking about their businesses and, and Nerida Nez was saying, you know, when the COVID regulations hit, I mean, she runs women gyms, yeah. Les and she's like, she's literally on the floor in the bathroom sobbing going, I, I, I don't know what to do and I'm go- potentially will go bankrupt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I must say, to bring it into context, in three days, I lost $30,000 worth of bookings, which is a lot of money, especially when you go from like performingly five nights a week to yep. having nothing. And then people were on Facebook and they're like, we want virtual stuff. Yeah. Are you going to do a virtual bingo, virtual bingo? And I was like, there's no way you can do virtual bingo. Like, yep. there's just no way. Yeah. There's no software out there. I think there was one software in the US and it was going to cost me 500 US dollars per show. And I was like, well, that's not yep. liable. And then I worked out how to send bingo cards out and all of that. And then yeah, I've just had to turn it into a virtual world and learn technology and jump into it full on. Our family did the virtual bingo last Saturday night. You so generously ran a virtual bingo event as a fundraiser for Got You Back Sister, the charity that I run that helps women and children who've escaped domestic violence. That was so cool. And you raised $1,200 for the charity. So we were really grateful to you for that. But my family did the virtual bingo and we had an absolute ball. Our kids were up dancing when you were dancing and um, we just laughed and oh, it was actually a really great connector. We were sitting there connecting, having a great time together in the lounge room, having yeah. fun with each other and you. Yeah. yeah, which is what my main concept is. I want to bring fun and laughter into people's life and if someone hasn't left with a big smile on their face, I've done something wrong. Yeah. And that's been my motto ever since I've started. And now I do everything virtual and it's actually really fun. It is. Number two, runny poo. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So good. (laughs) That's what we were laughing at because I was like, at first we're like, did he just say that? Did she just say that? Did she just say that? (laughs) And like people, I could be out just having lunch with friends and then someone walks past and they're like, oh, Timberlina. And then they'll be like, oh, I love this call. And I'm just like, (laughs) I love that they just remember them. So you managed then to pivot your business very quickly to go online. So you had to learn how to film it, how to set up the Zoom and get everybody together. I actually, I was very pleasantly surprised at how seamlessly you had done that because I have been in some Zoom meetings during the COVID and you can see people struggling going, I can't get everyone on the screen. (laughs) I I can't get the mute button off. (laughs) 
And so you're sitting around t- for 10 minutes trying to pull it all together, but you actually was just like, boom. Yeah. Done. Yeah. So how did you learn all that? Did you did, did you know how to do all that? So I worked in a company that had Zoom as their conferencing system already. Yeah. So I played around with it, but not as much. And then I just got to into the depths and Googling and Reddit. And the hardest thing was trying to get the music and the video to sync with my lip syncing that yeah. was been the hardest thing and I've got that down packed and it was just like how do I now get all these slides up to show them how to play bingo and yeah. like thank all my sponsors and all of that kind of stuff and then I've just like had to learn it all and yeah. in a very quick time because in mm. this industry that's so competitive yeah of course you need to be on top of this kind of stuff and transition with it and bounce back and all of that kind of stuff so I mean, I love technology. Yep. I love working out the flaws of how to get stuff to work. Yeah. And when I send out my emails to everyone with their bingo cards, it's got like how to pin Timberlina and yep. how to work out your audio. So I've helped that older generation along because I have 80-year-olds come and play bingo with me. Oh, and that's beautiful. Obviously, you don't expect them to know how to work <laughs> an iPad and all of that kind of stuff. So, yeah. yeah. I just think it's just Google is your best friend. <laughs> I love it. Absolutely. Is it Marie Faleo says everything? is figure outable. Yeah. Everything. You can you can YouTube anything or Google anything oh, yeah. and find out the answer. Yeah. Yeah. What's your big vision? I think to make drag in this mainstream world, but also help regional communities have that. And yeah. And have, have the tolerance. Yeah. Um so I go out and do sold out shows around the Central West and to see the different people, I'll always remember I had this farmer come in and Farmers have no tolerance whatsoever. Yep. And he left that night and he was like, thank you so much. I haven't laughed that hard in about 10 years. Oh, wow. And I was our like, farmers have been going through a tough time. Yeah. And I was just like, and that's why I do this. It's yep. At the end of the day, it's about awareness. And if a little kid sees me on a poster out west and they're like, what's that? Then their parents have to try and educate their kids yep. on what I am or what they think I am. So, um I think at the end of the day, I want to focus on education. Yep. Have you had any parents approach you and say to you, I think my son or daughter is gay and how can I support them? I haven't yet, but there is so many different outlets um, that you can reach out to, like Rainbow Families. They're a really good organisation. Acon, there's so much stuff. But my biggest thing is wait for them to come to you. The only thing you can do is show your support and show how accepting you are. Because I think yep. that at the end of the day, when people are coming out, they're like, oh, my parents are going to support it. Yeah. But if you start saying, you can do whatever yep. you want and be whatever you want. I think growing up with my family, that's how my mum and dad were. They were like, you can do whatever you want and be whatever uh-huh. you want. So when I came out, it was really easy. Um, and I have the most supporting family. Were you nervous when you were told your parents? Yeah. How old were you? I was 16. Wow. So I was young Yep. then when I came out, when I toured New Zealand for the first time, my parents were in the back seat when I was driving. Dad was sewing up costumes that had broken the night before. So That is so beautiful. Yeah. Had you always known that you were gay as a, as a, as a younger? I think, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's just life, but it's just yeah. like those mixed feelings that you don't know what's what you are or who you are. It's just trying to work that out. And like some people aren't finding out who they really are till they're like 40, 45, 50. Absolutely. Um, it's a, it can be a lifelong journey. Yeah. Well, certainly our world has changed a lot from 50 years ago. Oh, yeah. And um, my dad and I have reflected about an uncle in our family that never married his entire life. And I said to dad recently, do you think he might have been gay? And dad's like, 
Yeah, actually, you know, I, I had wondered that myself. And I feel sad that if he was, that he never felt that he had anyone to talk to yeah. about that. He ended up, he was a farmer and literally lived on his own until the age of 94 when he passed away. A single man his entire life. Yeah. And I, I suppose that makes me sad to think that if he was gay, that he never felt he could talk to anybody or yeah. tell anyone. And again, that was just Dad and I reflecting. I don't really know. But at the end of the day, we just want to be happy and be ourselves and live the best life we can. Exactly. Yep. That's all we want for everybody. Absolutely. So, my friend, tell me, what have you learned about life on this crazy journey? Be yourself. Don't let people change you and live it to the fullest. Yeah. You're living yeah. it to the fullest. Yeah. I'm being me every <laughs> single day. If you don't like it, yep. you don't have to be around me. You're a ray of sunshine walking down the street at nine o'clock in the morning <laughs> with a beautiful sparkly pink dress on. What have you learned about yourself? I'm very impatient, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm learning patience slowly and not to take life so serious. Yeah. Enjoy enjoy life because I'm very business and very work driven. I need to enjoy life as well. Yeah. And what advice would you give to anybody who sees someone on stage and says, I want to have a crack at that or just has a dream, something that they want to follow through, but maybe might be fearful around that? What's, I mean, you've done that. You've gone down a whole different path to probably something you thought that you would do, going from, you know, being an events manager and that sort of thing to now becoming Timberlina. That would have taken a lot of courage to do that. What, what's some advice you would have to anybody who wants to follow their dream? Do it. That's it. Just do it. Reach out to somebody who you see is that mentor figure. Ask those questions, but just do it at the end of the day. Do it. The only thing you can do mm. is fail, pick yep. yourself up, up and do it again. And surround yourself with people that are going to be there for you. Yeah, that's the biggest thing. Well, thank you so much for coming into the Hazel Sister podcast. Thank you. Thank, thank you so much for having me. A little ray of sunshine in the studio with me today. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. And thank you for all you do for everybody, for the community, for children, for other, for the gay community. LGBTQIA+, or I say the queer community. Okay, that's good because I was really worried I was going to get the letters mixed up. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I just say LGBT. <laughs> alphabet um. yeah yeah but you know everything that you're doing to uplift that community to spread tolerance love kindness compassion to bring people together especially during these crazy times even in our own homes in our lounge rooms it's yeah. wonderful well thank you, thank you thank my thank friend you. thank you thanks for listening to hey soul sister with mel histon what would help you on your crazy life journey email melissa at the sisterco.com.